The following podcast has been rated TVMA, NSFW, R, and NC-17, so it is not safe for kids. Put your children to bed. You spend enough time with them anyway. Times are getting a little easier these days, but that don't mean taking time for yourself needs to. When you want a drink, you want to work for it. That's why I only drink Malort. Its unusual full-bodied flavor of deck varnish and viper piss is a taste savored by two-fisted drinkers. So if you think your two fists are strong enough, why not grab yourself a shot of the only booze big enough to knock some sense right back into you? Jepson's Malort. It'll kick your ass for you, so you can take time taking her easy. Proud sponsor of Chad the Birdcast, which is what you're listening to right now. Test, 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 test the mic. Okay. Hey, what's going on, everybody? My name is Chad. I am a bird. This is my bird cast. I'm glad we cleared that up. Oh, God. Stop it. Oh, turn off. Yeah, I don't get why Hulu does that. I've been binging community, um, and I turned it off so I could do this, and then the damn thing just like every now and then it's like, it was like, hey, no, pay attention to me. Unlike Netflix, where it like asks you politely if you're still watching, Hulu demands you fucking stop what you're doing and finish your show. I'm not. I'm busy. I'll be back though. How are you doing, humans? I hope it's doing all right. I'll keep this brief. New merch alert. We've got stickers, and I mean, we still got the camp tea. We're gonna be retiring that one pretty soon, so grab it while you can. It's a limited edition, but we have stickers finally. So you can put it on the back of your laptop and show everybody at the coffee shop that you're the coolest. We have them a bunch of different sizes. They're vinyl. They're gorgeous. They are designed by the one and only Jennifer Abettencourt, who you may remember from the Star Wars episodes when once a year we would watch the Star Wars holiday special, which we did not do last year because we didn't want to. We've watched it five times. There's nothing else to learn. We'll pick a new movie later. Anyway, in the meantime, you can go on my website and buy some stickers, and you should do it, because all the proceeds go to our designers, and a little bit goes to me, and I use it for stuff that I don't have to tell you what it is, but like most of it's for shows. Speaking of shows, if you're in the Illinois area, in the near the Chicagoland area, Southerly, and Blue Island, Illinois... On March 3rd, it's going to be me, Jamie Schreiner, Bill Larkin, John McCombs, and a band, and some friends, and some beer, and it's The Smoke Show. You'll figure out why if you just look on my website. You'll find it. It's down there. Come click on it and check it out. We're going to be live in your face at Blue Island Brewery, March 3rd. It's going to be dope. Literally, because weed. Anyway, March 3rd, Blue Island, Illinois. Otherwise, come find me at the Green Mill at the Paper Machete every Saturday at 3 o'clock. Make sure you get there early because it gets super busy. Um, and we got a bunch of shows coming up soon. I don't have exact dates because we're still working them out. But just so you know, I've had 12 meetings in the last 24 hours. So at least 12 shows. There is a show coming up in August in Columbus. So if you're in Ohio, get excited. I'll have more info about that when I have it. In the meantime, keep your eyes on chadthebird.com. Keep listening, because I'll keep you informed. Discord, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Uh, okay, all that's out of the way. My assignment this week was, um, do I want to tell you? Or is it more fun to know? Oh, no, just kidding. It's Dick Buckets. Enjoy.
promise that you like me Cause you could go downhill I can't promise that you love me But you probably will Humans, from a bird's eye view, which is the only eye I know, reality is too much for you, and you need distractions. We get it. We're up in the electrical grid most of the time, hanging out, gabbing about the latest crunchy shit we tried. For my money right now, it's the Parmesan kettle chips. Fuck, man. You guys don't always nail it, humans, but your snack game is on point. And we're just watching you on the dais. Not much else to do in nature except avoid being eaten while away the time in between shits. Watching you all run around, late for stuff, double parking, complaining about the weather, aggressively throwing away trash in the trash can. That's my favorite plot development. The drama of someone taking the toll of their day out on a trash bag by driving it into the can in a haymaker. That's a daymaker for me. They are the perfect distractions from our day, up on high in your perches, so we get it. We all want an escape. Sometimes you gotta run, run just as fast as you can, holding on to one another's hand. Sometimes you gotta get away, you gotta fly away, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes you wanna go where you know everybody's name and are always glad you came. Cheers, bitches, I'm talking about movies. <laughs> Started when Edward Muybridge took the bet, but back then it was to record. Nowadays, there's enough of that going on. We don't be reminded. We want to get away from the everyday. And oh shit, there's a matinee and it's cheaper. And of course you want to escape. Of course movies are better. Have you seen reality? Compared to movies, reality is a dollar store bag of cookies. Like, they'll do the trick. They're fine. Nothing memorable. Probably made out of ceiling tiles, but it's sugar. Gives a shit. But then one of those artisanal cookie places open up on your block with insane toppings like cream cheese frosting and bacon and spicy sugar twists or some shit, I don't know. I just know it's goddamn bonkers. No one in the beginning of the cookie history would have thought to put pulled pork on a fucking Linzer cookie with Sweet Barbecue Center. Who would do that? What kind of mad mind would freak like that? But then you have it. And suddenly ceiling cookies just don't do it for you anymore. You've upgraded. It's like when you realize you don't have to drink Natty Ice anymore. You can spend a few more dollars for something that doesn't make you shit like you're prepping for surgery. And like those delicate confessions and higher-end IPAs, the movies offer an improved reality, a step up from the one you're currently in. You can't stand living in the city? Watch Little Old Brother, where art thou? Get out of your depression by putting you in the depression, but it's outside and there's songs. <laughs> Tired of people? Watch a little castaway. It's like an all-expense-paid trip on a beach view with a homemade seafood, volleyball, and Tom Hanks. It's a perfect getaway. <laughs> Tired of gravity? Watch gravity. <laughs> there's plenty of outer space adventures available for when gravity gets you down, so just look them up. But nothing comes from nothing. Everything has a price, even walking. You ever just trip for no reason? That's the price you pay, man. And it's for my enjoyment up there in the high wires to just keep tripping, humans. Give me a show. As for you, it's the movies. And those movies are expensive because you want to get away from reality as far as you can. And that trip is not cheap. So in order to compensate, the movies have a method that offers you another distraction to your day-to-day. -day. Promotional tie-ins! The way it works is... Movies have a marketing budget because if they're going to spend hard coin convincing Hugh Jackman to give up lasagna for three months so he can look 
ripped and then you can complain about his costume's comic book accuracy? That means you gotta pay for it and he ain't cheap and neither are you. Picture your favorite thing ever. Now how much would it take to keep you from doing that and instead starve yourself? Work out five times a day hydrating like an astronaut so that you can pretend to be a cartoon character for a few hours in a rock quarry. Yeah, it adds up. So after that, the studio wants to make sure that you see it. So they have a marketing budget, and marketing is expensive. So they want to save money the best way that they can. And one of the ways to do that is to offer promotional tie-ins. Quote, cross-promotions by which the parties agree to share their promotional costs for specific campaigns. Studios partner with firms from different industries like fast food, restaurants, retailing, and online services. And they have been doing it ever since 1921 when Cop Clark Publishing produced The Wonderful Game of Oz based on the book, not the movie, which did not come out for another 18 years because they were hyping books. <laughs> and no, that is not a call for you to read more. Read more if you want, I don't give a fuck. I got shrines to unlock in Breath of the Wild right now, I'm busy. <laughs> then in 1929, Disney, yes, that Disney, cuts a $300 deal with a stationary company to get Mickey on writing tablets, which is generally considered the first movie promotional time, but whatever, that's just an example. I don't get paid enough to Google farther. And Google is free! <laughs> then comes 1937, when King Disney releases Snow White with 70 deals, including snacks, which I assume was just dopey and khakis, because broke and get it. 1950, William Boyd, who played Hopalong Cassidy, banks on what would be $7.7 .7 million today in over 73 deals with 2,400 products. And then humanity lost its fucking mind in 1975 when Jaws comes out and they decide to roll out an army of tie-in products, including beach towels. <laughs> Which is not as fucked up as it gets, but it's hilarious if you figure in that that movie is the reason you can yell shark in a public pool and people will look. <laughs> All of this, of course, is a setup for the primordial ooze of marketing. That is 1977, when George Lucas took a pay cut from his salary on Star Wars to retain merchandise rights, actually writing parts of the movie to include stuff that might look goofy as fuck on screen, but would sell hard plastic, and it worked. Because no one thought Star Wars was going to be a hit. And I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but it kind of has a little fan base so big, and it did it so early on that the Kenner company that Lucas sold the merchandise rights to actually sold empty boxes with certificates promising that they would IOU and R2-D2 just as soon as they made the fucking thing, and now those boxes are worth a fortune, and it only gets weirder from there. 1982, <laughs> E.T. comes out, and with it, a little stuffed version of the lovable alien made out of couch leather that although it was as snuggly as a lazy boy and terrifying to behold, just glaring those black eyes from the shelf at night, seven million dollars of them were sold at the end of that year. 1989, Batmania takes over. They rake in over a half a billion in merch, including some of the most badass movie tie-ins ever, including the fucking Batmobile with the plastic missiles that could kill a man. And this was at the end of the 80s when they didn't give a shit about child safety. Those fuckers could defend a home invasion. From then on, it was paradise. Cup toppers, swatches, Happy Meal toys that parents would drive across state lines just to complete the collection. They were the Pokemon of the 90s promotional memorabilia because you got to catch them all. And then came fucking Pokemon. But by then, there was no stopping you. 1992, you could buy the novelization of the movie Bram Stoker's Dracula. I'll, get, I'll give you a minute with that. 
1999, Phantom Menace had a Jar Jar Binks lollipop that was his actual tongue. Street Fighter the movie based on the game. Street Fighter had a game based on the Mooney based on the game. Street Fighter the movie, the game. It's a horrifying Lovecraftian turducken of marketing that to behold would turn your whole body inside out even more than the sex in the city thongs, which were a thing. <laughs> Fucking Wild Wild West had merch. And now here we are, 2024. And Dune Part 2 has dropped what is perhaps the most confounding marketing attempt since the black-dyed burgers that keep coming back. Stop it! Nobody wants to eat a burger that looks like it was unearthed from a dig site. AMC is offering a promotional popcorn bucket to partner with the opening of the sequel to the 2021 Denis Villeneuve adaptation of Dune that features the iconic sandworm bursting up out of your popcorn with an open circular mouth of thousands of little rubber baleen that you have to put your hand through to get the popcorn like you're performing an emergency procedure on a choking penis. Humans, the only two words you got in your English language to describe this unholy snake monster plastic fleshlight coming at you above your popcorn is dick bucket. I wish I had a nuance, but I don't. It's a dick bucket. And even if you don't see it, you'll see a spot to put a dick into a popcorn bucket. So, after a hundred years of movie promotional tie-ins, you have evolved into dropping coin on dick buckets to find a distraction from getting dicked by life. Now, meanwhile, in Brazil, the patrons of the Net Station Cinema in Rio de Janeiro at a late night screening of Alexander Payne's The Holdovers, the theater people that run the theater forgot there were patrons in the movie and they locked them in for the night, shutting everything down, making them spend the night in the theater alone, which is the plot of The Holdovers. In an act of unintentional hubris, the patrons unwillingly paid for the full holdover experience, 5DK, feeling what it would be like to be locked in a building away from the world, forced to get to know each other and possibly find friendship, but who gives a shit? Because at this point, the universe is telling you that you've gone too far, humanity. What's next? Fast 11 comes out and on your way in, just get hit by a fucking car? After the premiere of the new Wicked film, they're gonna slingshot your ass into the sky so you can try defying gravity? It's a good thing Megan came out when it did. Otherwise, you'd be taking home an American Girl doll knows how to serve it up in your hallway before stabbing you. And right before you die, ask you to take a brief survey and sign up for the Blumhouse mailing list. <laughs> Humans, when the studios that make the distractions spend too much to distract you into paying more money for bigger distractions, so distracting you get dick buckets. It's in time to be real with yourself. Reality sucks too much. Your distractions are getting too expensive. It is time to make some peace with what you got going on so maybe they bring the cost down and we can go to the movies without fear of dick buckets. <laughs> that, or just read a fucking book, whatever. That's what I've been watching because reality sucks and I need a distraction. I love you, good night. Dick buckets. It's fucking, oh, they're so gross. Special thanks. Wait, before I say my special thanks, I did get some well actuallys 
And they were the best, well, actually, comments I've ever gotten. Because they're like, well, it's not exactly a penis. And I'm like, isn't it? And they're like, it's more like... And I'm like, all right, well, this is on you for figuring that out. Have fun with your fleshlight. Just make sure you get extra butter. Special thanks to the Barrera Kudas for the kick-ass song Promises. That's taking us out on the back end. Thank you to Jepson's Malort for sponsoring me. Thank you to you for listening to me. Thank you to Zach for recording me. Um, This episode is dedicated to my king. Mojo Nixon, who left us. I'm sorry to bring it down, but he wouldn't want it to be a downer. He'd want us to rage out. Elvis is everywhere. Drink with Jesus. Ah, I'm going to miss you, man. To the great Mojo Nixon. In the meantime, stay frosty, humans. Do what you can do and be yourselves. And if you can't, be someone cooler. I don't know. Try being someone else. Batman. Be Batman. That's That's what I say. I can't be a Batman. I'm too short. Anyway, shot. Nailed it.